wanted was us. All you ever wanted was our hearts wholly given to you. Bless your Me, bro. 
Now the glory of the, of the God of Israel had gone up from the cherub where it had been to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the man clothed with linen who had the rider's inkhorn at his side. And the Lord said to him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, through the midst of Phoenix, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within. For the Lord would say, because you have delighted in my beauty, as you have delighted yourselves in the beauty of my holiness, and the beauty of the holiness I desire to bring into this sanctuary. The Lord says, I shall mark you now, says the Lord, in the upper room of intercession. I shall mark you as those who stand upon the wall as watchmen unto those who travail and sigh with abominations that they see over a nation. And the Lord says, I have marked you as bondservants unto your God. I have marked you with my justice and my mercy. I have marked you with my righteousness, says the Lord. And the Lord says to you, as I have marked you, the Lord says, in the days that are near to you, the Lord says, I shall come with my power, for I shall mark this sanctuary and these people with my presence, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, turn me up just a little bit. All right, so that prophecy deserves a response. Okay, so, so anybody who wanna receive that mark this morning, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now and we're gonna pray a prayer. We're gonna pray a prayer. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive the mark of God on my forehead. I receive the mark of heaven of those who cry and sigh over the abominations of this city, of this state, and even this nation. Mark me as your intercessor. Mark me as one who births revival and awakening. I receive the burden of the Lord regarding the sins and the iniquity of this nation. Use me as an instrument of intercession, of birthing, of travail, that through me you would birth this awakening, this Arizona awakening. In the name of Jesus, I receive the mark of heaven this day. Use me, God, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, shout unto God! Hallelujah! Let's go in to break every chain. Come on, God's got more to do here this morning. Let's sing it, church. Come on, everybody stand. Come on.
breaking change in this place this morning. In the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, 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 break every chain. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now thanks be unto God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. For the Lord says, Have I not disarmed principalities and powers? Have I not nailed to my cross every handwriting of ordinance that was against you, that was contrary to you? Have I not broken off the finger of accusation that the enemy has brought against you, says the Lord? For the Lord says, as far as the east is from the west, I have removed your iniquities from you. The Lord says, I've cleansed you, I've made you clean. Now don't allow the enemy to remind you of your past sins. For the Lord says, I've cleared a pathway for you, for you to press toward the mark for the prize of my high calling. I have written in heaven my writ upon your life before time began. Now I'm opening the books even this day, says the Lord, and I am unraveling your scroll that I may take that which is written in heaven and engrave it on the tablets of your heart, says the Lord. For I will cause that which is written in heaven to be as it were your word for your future. For I will not allow my people to align themselves with a low call, but I am calling you to my high calling, says the Lord. The Lord says, forsake and unload all the past sins of the past. 
For I do not condemn you, says the Lord, for I have commended you this day, and I will cause you to arise, even as with eagles' wings, for I am taking you up higher above the storm clouds and the rain. For the Lord says, I will cause the day star to arise in your heart, even the morning star, says the Lord, and I will cause you to arise and shine. For truly my glory is risen upon my remnant church, says the Lord. Arise, my people, and forget the sins of the past, for I have a glorious triumphant future ahead of you. Resolve to take it by faith, for my kingdom is yours for the asking. It is yours for the taking, says the Lord. Grasp hold upon the horns of the altar and run for me. Run for me, church, for I have paved a way for victory for my church. Even this day, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him the glory. Hallelujah. I want every person that's been dealing with condemnation for past sins, I want you up here right now. God is going to declare, proclaim liberty and break off the chains of condemnation that the devil has set against you. Everybody who's dealt with past sins that the devil keeps condemning you about, I want you up here right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. As the worship team continues to play, break every chain. Come on, church, hallelujah. Pastor Kay, if you will pray with me this morning, hallelujah. Come on, begin to sing with me, church. There's liberty in the house. There's victory in the house. There's freedom in the house this morning. Break every chain, come on. I want our ministry team to come on up, Dr. Francis and Agnes and ministry team. I want you in front of everyone. Father, in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, 
person that's up here this morning I want you to stop praying just for a moment I got a prophetic word for every person that's come up for prayer this morning for the Lord says I've broken off the finger of condemnation that the accuser of the brethren has brought against you for have I not made you free for I've broken off every accusation and the Lord says right now I'm applying the blood of the Lamb to cleanse your conscience from every dead work that you may serve the living God. The Lord says, my blood is a sanctifying agent. It not only covers sin, it remits, it removes sin. I am removing the sin from your mind, your will, your emotions, your conscience. I'm cleansing you by the precious blood of the Lamb. I'm cleansing you. And the Lord says, the handwriting of ordinances that was against you, I am nailed it to my cross. Resolve it this day. Don't look back, don't look back. Don't look back, for I've cleansed you of all your past sins. Now move forward in me. Move forward in me, says the Lord. Don't look back. Run. Press toward the mark, for I'm writing my destiny upon your heart even this day. Run, run, run like the wind, says the Lord, for I've kept you for such a time as this. Arise and shine, for I've equipped you from the work. I've equipped you and I'm placing you, I'm positioning you for success that you might triumph in me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. Hallelujah. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. Break every All right, let's sing it one more time. Let's sing it with power. Come on, one last time. Come on, everybody, sing it. In the name of 
God, as we sing it one more time, if there's family members or people you know or even yourself that have chains broken off, just call out their names as we sing this one more time. Also, if there's somebody here that January 13th means something, I don't know if it's a birthday, a holiday, an anniversary, something, January 13th, I don't know. If that's anybody that, that resonates with this morning, January 13th, you'll come on up while we're singing this song. Go ahead, go ahead. This is very unique, very unique. Mark comes up with a word of knowledge to call out every person that he knows is in, you know, that you know that's in bondage and needs freed from their sin. In prayer this morning, the Lord gave me January 13th, which just happens to be the birthday of his son who needs, who needs delivered and free. I, I think that's powerful, that's powerful, that's powerful. I want you to stretch forth your hands to, to Mark and it's Mark Anthony is his son right Mark let's pray for Mark Anthony this morning father in the name of Jesus we pray for Mark Anthony whose birthday is January 13th Wow in the name of Jesus we claim Mark Anthony for the kingdom of heaven in the name of Jesus, we break off every spirit of rebellion, every antichrist spirit. We bind in the name of Jesus. We claim his soul for the kingdom of heaven. In the name of Jesus. And we declare he shall be saved. Father, Holy Spirit, send ministers of the gospel to Mark Anthony, God. In the name of Jesus, and we declare, Lord, the seeds of your gospel that have been sown they shall reap in the name of Jesus we declare father as Mark has raised Mark Anthony and the way he should go we declare that he will not depart from it but he will return to the gospel he will return to the living Christ we declare salvation we declare liberty we proclaim liberty and freedom off of every yoke of bondage we break it now off of Mark Anthony in the name of Jesus be free 
now in the name of Jesus. Be free, Mark Anthony. Be free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, we give you praise. Hallelujah, give him glory, church. In the name of Jesus. church I don't know I'm feeling I'm feeling the glory maybe you feel the kabod of God the heavy weight the heavy weight of his presence the heavy weight of his presence the heavy weight of his presence there's glory in the house hallelujah we give you the praise now how many of you will stay in the glory while I preach this message how many know that when you stay in the glory the spirit of revelation is released you got it to get a revelation you've got to stay in the glory does that make sense a spirit of glory it's one of the seven spirits of God the spirit of revelation and so when you're in the glory you'll get it you'll get it amen hallelujah hallelujah worship team awesome awesome job hallelujah shout unto God hallelujah Hallelujah, you may be seated. Ooh. That's why it's so important, church, so important to obey the whisper of heaven. The whispers of the Holy Spirit. I got that. I was, I was actually brushing my teeth this morning. January 13th, word of knowledge. Okay, I don't know what that is. How many of you just got to go for it sometimes? You got to get over fear, you know? People say, well, what if I miss it? Well, what if you don't? Amen. I'm, I'm willing to risk looking silly or being wrong to get somebody a blessing. Amen. Got to be willing to look a little maybe foolish. Amen. All right. We can get the cameras rolling if they're not already rolling. The title of this message this morning is Fight the Good Fight of Faith. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6 or turn to BibleGateway.com or whatever you've got on your phone or you can just look up at the slides this morning. While you're turning there, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the next few moments that you would anoint my tongue, that it would be, as it were, the pen of a ready writer to speak a word in season that would bring revelation regarding faith, Lord, to your people. I pray, God, for eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. We'll be careful to give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen. amen and amen. First Timothy chapter 6. Fight the good fight of faith. Say with me, fight the good fight. Of faith lay hold on eternal life say with me lay hold of eternal life 
to which you were also called and had confessed. It would be confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You see, our fight of faith is for something and against something. Say with me, for something and against something. See, as believers, we fight for the faith. Say with me, the faith. The Bible talks about contending for the faith. We need to fight and contend for the faith. And our fight also is against the devil. Say with me, the devil. And his demonic forces. All right. So to fight the fight of faith, we must lay hold. We need to firmly grasp or violently take by force the eternal life of God the Zoe provided by Jesus by making and standing on bold confessions of what Christ paid for on the cross to be ours, whether it be salvation, healing, deliverance, provision, revelation, wisdom, grace, favor, or promotion. So this morning, I want to establish a context for our faith. Number one, in whom do we believe? John chapter 6, verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe. Say with me, believe. Believe in him whom he sent. This is the work of God. A lot of times we want to find out what the work of God is, so we just work in the natural harder and harder and harder. But how many know that the work of God is to believe and to rest in him? Amen? So what do, in whom do we believe? We believe in Jesus. In 2 Timothy 1.12 it says, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. So we believe in Jesus. We also believe in the Father. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. Who is our confidence in? It's not simply in words on a page. It's in a person. Amen? Now this is the confidence of the faith that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. So we believe in Jesus and we believe in our father. Number two, in what do we believe? Ephesians chapter one, verse 13. In him, you have also trusted after you have heard the word of truth. Say with me the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also you have believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So in what do we believe? We believe in the word of God. First Tim, uh, Thessalonians 2.13, when you received the word of God, when you heard it from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Say with me, believe. In the parable, it's not actually a parable, it's an actual event in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 7, that Jesus ran into the centurion 
who had a servant that was dying. And he came, my servant is dying. And Jesus said, well, I'm going to come and I will pray for him and heal him. And the centurion says, no, 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 no. You don't need to come. He said, I'm not worthy that you come up under my roof, but only speak a word. Say with me, only speak a word. And my servant will be healed. He goes on to say, for I am also a man under authority. He noticed that Jesus was under authority. He says, I am a man also under authority. How many know that Jesus was under the authority of the Father? He says, I see that you are a man under authority. How many know that to have authority, you have to be under authority? That's why rebels will never succeed in the kingdom because they're not under authority. Does that make sense? He recognized that Jesus was under the authority of the Father. He says, I have soldiers under me. I tell this one to go, he goes. I tell one to come, he comes. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Very few times do you see Jesus marveling about anything. He marveled and he said to those who follow, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So simply believing the word of the master and what he says without any evidence is enough. That is the greatest form of faith. Amen? So our context of faith, in whom we believe, in Jesus and the Father. In what do we believe? The Word of God. Number three, where do we believe? You see, faith is an issue of the heart or the spirit man, not of the head. You don't believe in your mind. You believe in your heart. When Peter was preaching, and I believe it's either Acts 2 or Acts 3, he was preaching... He's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And great conviction came on the masses. And this is what they did not say. They didn't say that they were cut to the head. No. It says they were cut to the heart. Your spirit, man. How many know in the Bible when it talks about your heart, it's not talking about the blood pump. It's talking about your spirit, man. The Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching the innermost parts of the belly. This is where your spirit man is down here. Just want you to go like this. You're going to be doing this a few times today. It's where your spirit is. When they say the heart, this is your heart, your spiritual heart right here. Your spirit man's right down here. Amen. This is where faith comes out of here. It doesn't come out of here. It comes out of here. Your heart, your spirit man. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, your spirit, man. Lean not to your own understanding. See, it's this thing right here is what will talk you out of faith. Amen? Because this is moved by natural circumstances, natural evidence. This is moved in evidence that cannot be seen. Your spirit, man. Does that make sense? Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession made unto salvation. So the greatest miracle you'll ever experience is being born again. How many of you realize that? Greatest experience is being born again. Amen? Because you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart 
with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. This is where life comes out. The Zoe life of God comes out of your spirit, not here. Amen? All right, so how do we believe? We believe by first establishing a basis for faith, then we must build faith. Say with me, build faith. Release faith. Say with me, release faith. And reinforce faith. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 gives us an outline of how faith is built. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. All right. So I've got a question for you this morning. How do we establish, how do we establish a basis for faith? Number one, we establish a basis for faith by seeing the promise. Say with me, see the promise. He says, give attention to my words. Let them not depart from your eyes. You see, we also first see the promise. Not with our natural eyes, but with spirit eyes to have hope. Say with me, hope, which is the basis or the blueprint for faith. Amen. Ephesians chapter one, verse 17 says, this is a prayer that Paul prayed. I encourage you to pray this every day. I do. He says that the eyes of your heart or your spirit, it says translate understanding, but it literally means the eyes of your heart or the eyes of your spirit. That's these eyes. How many know that your spirit has eyes and has ears, just like your natural body has ears and spiritual eyes? Okay, so you got eyes in your spirit, ears in your spirit. And that's why even like the fragrance of the Lord that comes. A lot of people can't smell it because they're not in the spirit. You've got to smell it with your spiritual nostrils. I know that makes, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's why if you say, hey, you smell the fragrance of the Lord. Some people are just like, oh, not so much. But you can smell those five physical senses. You have five spiritual senses that match that. And so a seer is a type of prophet that primarily moves by the five spiritual senses, sight, smell, touch, hearing, all five of them, you know, that you can feel it in the spirit. Amen? So in Ephesians chapter 1, it said that the eyes of your heart or your spirit, that they would be enlightened so you can see, to know three basic things, to know the hope of his calling. The eyes of your heart needs to know or to see what is the hope of his calling that's written in your book in heaven? How many know that the Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 16, in your book, they all were written the days you had fashioned for me when yet there was none of them. How many know that before time began, that he saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace that was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Say with me, before time began. That's a scripture actually out of, I think it's first or second Timothy, I can't remember. So it's God's role for that school to be unraveled so that you would know. What good is it for him to know the hope of your calling if you don't know what it is? So the only way you can read that scroll is to have your eyes or your understanding that you would know the hope of his calling, to know his purpose. The second thing, to know what is 
What is the riches of his glory in the inheritance of the saints? That means the provision of God. The eyes of your heart would know the and to know his provision and not only to know the exceeding greatness of his power. So the eyes of your understanding need to be open so you know his purpose, his provision, and his power. And that's made available, it says here, toward us who believe. Say with me, believe. So the only way that the eyes of your spirit are going to be open to know his purpose, his provision, and his power is for you to believe. Amen? Amen. To believe in that. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them. Amen? So you first have got to see the promise. If he's, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the confidence, say with me, confidence, in what we hope for, the assurance of what we don't see with your natural eyes. If you can see it in the natural, it's not faith. It's already there. Amen? Hope is the blueprint. Faith is the bricks and mortar. Hope is the wineskin. Faith is the wine. Hope is the anchor. Faith is the rock. Remember when Abraham received a promise from the Lord that he would be the father of many nations? He was 99 years old. He was all dried up and dead. <laughs> there ain't nothing happening, amen? And yet God gave him a promise. And what does it say? In Romans 4.18, contrary to hope, but you're talking about natural hope, contrary to natural hope, in supernatural hope, he believed. So that he became the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. You see, supernatural hope holds fast to the God's promises despite natural circumstances. And that's what we have to overcome in this life. Not be moved by what we see, what we hear, or what we feel. It's actually walking in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Speaking of Jesus, that he delighted himself in the fear of the Lord, and he judged not by the, for the, from the sight of his eye, nor by the hearing of his ears. To believe God's word above every other form of evidence. Amen? That's what faith is. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you can see it, you don't need faith because it's there in the natural. You need faith for what you cannot see, but that which you desire or hope for. Amen? Natural hope relies only on what is possible through earthly means. You know that Jesus said in Isaiah, said, My ways are not your ways. My thoughts and my ways are higher than your thoughts and your ways. We are bent on our ways. Amen? Instead of his ways. You see, what you behold is what you will become. What you behold in the spirit is what you will become. And your focus will determine your future. If you can see it with the eyes of your spirit, you can have it. Hope conceives, faith believes, and receives. Let me say that one more time. Hope conceives, faith believes, and receives. You see, to establish a basis for faith, 
We must first see the promise. All right. So once we see the promise, we have hope. The Bible says that hope is an anchor of the soul. Amen. Having a basis for faith, how do we build faith? We need to build faith. Number two, you've got to hear the promise. So first we see the promise. Go with me. See the promise. Do it with me. Then we've got to hear the promise. Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. To believe the promise, you must hear the promise. Romans 10.14. How shall they call on them in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on them in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? So then faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some translation says by hearing a word of Christ. Amen? So you can build faith not only from the written word, but that which the spirit speaks to your spirit. Does that make sense? To have a word from God. So number one, we need to see the promise. Come on, we're going to do this today. See the promise. Number two, we've got to hear the promise to build faith. Number three, we have got to sow the promise. Sow the promise. For the word to be hear, heard, it must first be spoken. Amen? Romans 10, 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. How many know that faith speaks? Do not say in your heart. So when you speak, it actually goes right down in your spirit. That's why we're going to go like this. So, you speak, it goes right down in your heart. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into the heaven? Who will descend into the abyss? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That's why it's more powerful when you speak the word than when others. When you hear it through somebody else, that's great. But when you speak it, it goes right down in your heart. It's going to build faith quicker when you speak it. Because you're actually sowing the seed down in your heart. Does that make sense? The word of God spoken with your mouth is sown into your heart like a seed. Mark 4.14, the sower sows the word. To sow the promise, we've got to say the promise. Amen? Mark 4.26, the kingdom of God, as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Where's the ground? Right here. Scatter seed into the ground, the spirit man of your heart. And should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself doesn't know how. We don't know how it works. It just works. Just do it. We don't know how it works. It just works. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the cripe, cri or grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. How many know sometimes you've got to seed and water that before you can harvest it? Maybe you're believing God for healing. Amen? Keep sowing the word. Keep feeding the word in your heart. And as it grows, it will eventually manifest and then you harvest it. There's your healing. That's how that works. Amen? Faith is the issue of the heart. The ground of the earth is your heart. 
The seed is the word of God. Romans 10.10, 10, with the heart, man believes. It's an issue of the heart. Faith comes by hearing the written word and also the spoken word of God. So when you pray in the spirit or pray in tongues, it's another way of sowing into your spirit, man. That may be a new concept for you. Because how many know that when you pray in the Spirit, you're actually praying the words of the Holy Spirit? The perfect will of God. For we know not how we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Amen? So we know that we're praying according to the perfect will of God when we're praying in tongues because the Holy Spirit's giving you the words. You're actually praying the will of God, the word of God, when you pray in the Spirit. You're actually sowing into your heart. That's why it says uh, that we edify ourselves when we pray in the Spirit. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. You're building your faith when you pray in tongues. Does that make sense? Because you're sowing the word in your heart by praying in the Spirit. That's why we pray in the Spirit a lot around here. Ephesians 6, 17. And take the sword of the Spirit. We always interpret it to mean the written word of God. It's not talking about the written word. Because it talks about the shoes of the gospel of peace. That's the written word of God. The actual sword of the Spirit is the word, words of the Spirit out of your mouth. Let me prove it to you. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication. How? In the Spirit. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always in the Spirit. I'm wielding the sword of the Spirit. That's when I say in our prayer meetings, wield the sword of the Spirit. You're praying in the Spirit, wielding the sword, because you're praying always in the Spirit. Does that make sense? That's how the Word of God is going to get deep in your heart. That's why you feel edified when you pray in the Spirit. All of a sudden, whoo, that feels good down here. Feels good. Why? Because when you pray in the Spirit, you're edifying, you're building yourself up on your most holy faith, and that faith comes from the Word of God. You're actually praying in the Spirit. Does that make sense? I'm trying to get this over to you. Understand that. It's important to praying in tongues. All right. So we build faith by hearing the promise, sowing the promise. Do this with me. Because when you speak, it's going down in your heart. Amen? Number four, meditate the promise. Proverbs 4.20. Give attention to my words. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. Say with me, meditate. meditate. Therein, day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Amen. Comes from meditating the word. What does meditate mean? It means to ponder, to contemplate, to consider, to think, to muse, or to mutter. To meditate. And to meditate on scripture, you either have to have the Bible in front of you or you have to memorize the scripture. It's the only way you're going to meditate in the night watches, unless you have a, a lamp and you're reading your Bible and meditate, is to memorize Scripture. You can't meditate without memorizing. Amen? And then you just go over it and over it. All of a sudden, revelation comes that wasn't there before. The eyes of your heart are awakened unto the truths of the gospel as you meditate on the Scripture. Does that make sense? It becomes revelation to you. 
It's only revelation that's going to gain you the victory. Amen? Amen. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But in his law he does meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, but whatever he does shall prosper. Amen? Meditation. Very important. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. What things soever are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, meditate on these things. Amen? Meditation. A lot of times meditation needs to be done in the stillness of night, in the quiet of night. Psalm 63, 6, I remember you on my bed. I meditate on you in the night watches. A lot of times when we wake up in the morning, if you have time, don't just jump out of bed. Begin to reflect on the Lord. Begin to meditate on the word. All of a sudden, something will begin to happen down here in your spirit, man. Amen? Psalm 119, my eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Psalm 119, verse 148. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Not thinketh in his mind. What you think in your heart is who you will be. So start seeing yourself as God sees you. Amen? See yourself as a champion. See yourself as a victor. If God's put it in your heart to be somebody, start acting like it. Meditate on your heart. See yourself as God sees you and then begin to act like it. You know, you want a promotion to the next level on your job? Start acting like, demonstrate behaviors of that next level. Begin doing things that that next level does. Not trying to take over anything. I'm not saying that. Begin to demonstrate behaviors and characteristics of the level above you. And people will see it and then you will get your promotion. Instead of griping and complaining about it, do what you see God telling you to do and do that. Be that. Amen? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See yourself as who God would have you to be. Don't walk around with slumped shoulders. Stand up. Be who God's called you to be. That's how God transforms you through meditation. See who you are. If you need healing, see yourself as the healed. Called to preach? Begin to preach to the trees. Hallelujah. You know, that's how Reinhard Bonnke started. He went into the wilderness and he preached to the trees. But he saw himself before the masses, and sure enough, one day he was. Begin to do what you see yourself doing in the future, whatever he's called you. Does that make sense? Because faith without works is dead. You know? Begin to act out who you are. Amen? Somebody liked it. Somebody said good. All right. What you think in your heart is who you will become. 
Unfortunately, there are many that are spiritually deaf, spiritually blind, and cannot receive. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 10 speaks about it. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have been closed. See, if your ears are closed and your eyes are shut, it won't get down in your heart, because these are the gates that get down here, in the natural and in the spirit. You have to have open eyes. That's why he said to the Laodicean church that were bound by mammon, there were mammonites, he said, let me apply the eye salve that you may see. Amen? So we establish a basis for faith by seeing the promise. We build faith by hearing the promise, sowing the promise, and meditating the promise. I want you to do this with me. I say, hearing the promise, sowing the promise, meditating upon the promise. Mm-mm, good. Remember Campbell's soup? Mm-mm, good. I'm, I'm dating myself now, I know. <laughs> All right. How do we release faith? James chapter 1, verse 22. Be doers, say with me, doers, of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You see, if you hear the word, but you don't do the word, you're actually going to deceive your own heart. So it's not just hearing, it's in the doing. Faith is released by doing, through action. Say with me, action. James 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So you can have faith, but if you don't exercise it, the result won't come to pass and you'll begin to deceive your own heart. I remember one time, I believe in God for some healing in my body. And I was saying to the Lord... I believe I receive my healing. I, I say that a lot. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive my healing. And the Lord interrupted me. And he says, he goes, well, start acting like it. Start acting like it. Act like you're healed. Believe you're healed, act like it. Quit whining, complaining about this ache, this pain. Believe you receive. Believe you received, act like it. Act like it. Amen? All right. So we release faith, number five, by praying the promise. Go like this. Praying the promise. Jesus said, whatever things you ask, say with me, ask. When you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. The famous scripture. Some people believe that Kenneth Hagin invented the scripture. But it became the cornerstone of his life, amen, because he got healed believing that scripture. What things soever you desire, when you pray, or whatever things you ask, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It doesn't say seek healing. It says believe you receive it. Don't seek healing, receive it. Receive healing. Amen? Because if you're seeking it, that means that you don't have it. Amen? you got to believe you got it before you get it. So if you've received it, even though it's not manifested, you have it by faith. 
So you're not seeking it any longer, you already have it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen? I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> John 16, 24. Until now, you have asked, say with me, asked, nothing in my name. Ask! And you shall receive that your joy may be So you got to ask. you got to ask. That's prayer. That's prayer. You ask. This is something you desire. Ask for it. You being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? you got to ask. Amen? That's prayer. Prayer is asking. Pray the promise. Again, that's Scripture. 1 John 5. This is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Amen? You've got to ask. You've got to pray the promise. To release faith, you've got to pray the promise. Pray the promise. Then you've got to say the promise. Say with me, say the promise. We release faith by saying the promise. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You see, many people rehearse the problem instead of the promise. Keep rehearsing the problem. Well, you know we have a problem. But you've got to rehearse the promise of God. Speaking the word of God not only builds faith, but it also releases faith. Amen? So that's one way that you act on faith is by speaking it. I believe I receive my healing. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4.13. Listen. And since we have the same spirit of faith, how many know there's a spirit of faith? Having the same spirit of faith, according to what was written, I believed and therefore I spoke. So if you believe, putting it into action, you speak it. That's the spirit of faith. You believe it and you speak it. We also believe and therefore speak. Amen? It's a way of heaven. It's the way of God to speak things into existence. Just like when it says in, in Genesis, it says the Lord said, let there be light. And there was light. Did you know that literally that's not what that says? It doesn't say let there be light. It says light be. That's really what it means. He spoke it into his light be. Amen? Romans 4, verse 17. God gives life to the dead, and he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's how God operates. We operate differently. We call it like we see it. God calls things that are not as though they were. If you want your circumstances to change, you can't call it like you see it. Or you'll get what you got. You got to call things that are not as though they are. That's faith. Amen? Calling things you do not see as if they were. Just like Jesus, when he went to the fig tree and there was no figs on it, he cursed the fig tree 
He didn't die immediately. They went into town. They came back and they look at the fig tree. Dead. He said, if you will not, he said, um, have the faith of God or have faith in God, but have the faith of God. Whatever you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say will come to pass. You will have whatsoever you say. Does that make sense? Again, we don't call things that are not as though they were. We call it like we see it. It's very easy to determine someone's faith level by their words. Amen? The Bible says in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So even like as you sow words into your heart, whatever you sow in your heart is what will come out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of your spirit, man, your mouth will speak. Very easy to locate people. Just let, let them talk for a while. And find out where they're at very quickly by what they say. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Amen? So what's down there, it's going to come out of their mouth. And if you don't like what's coming out of your mouth, you need to change what you're sowing in your heart. I remember this healing evangelist, uh, Billy Burke. He kind of works with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. A lot of signs, wonders, and miracles in his ministry. And a lot of times he has instantaneous healings and miracles. And he says, without fail, just about all the time, 90% of the time, this is the first thing out of their mouths when they get receive a miracle. Oh my God, I can't believe it. That's what people say when they get their miracle. They say, oh my God, I can't believe it. This happened... Uh, this was years ago. This was in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, at a Monroeville Assembly of God. I went to it with a friend. This was, I was just out of college. It's back about 1987, back a ways. And I just happened to be at this church, and I was having a back problem. I was, you know, a lot of pain. And we were in the back of the service, way in the back, and the pastor calls out a word of knowledge that God's healing somebody's back. Sure enough, the power of God went down my back, and I was healed. And so me and my friend, we go to Denny's, to the restaurant. So I, I go into the bathroom, I start, man, and I say out of my mouth, I can't believe it. Sure enough, 30 minutes later, all the pain come back. How many know that the enemy will use your words against you? It goes before the court, and it said the enemy accused you before God day and night. He'll use your words. He said, by your words, you will be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. Doesn't the Bible say that? He'll use your words against you. Hey, God, he just said he didn't believe it. And you said if he doesn't believe it, then he can't have it. That's how he steals healing. We get people come up here all the time. They get healed here in the service. A week later, they come back with the same problem. Why? Because of this thing right here. That's why I'm teaching this message. You go, oh, we've heard this before. We need to hear it again. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. That's active hearing. Faith doesn't come by having heard. 
People say, oh, I've heard that before. I mean, you're not in faith. You heard it before, but you're not actively hearing it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not faith doesn't come by having heard. Oh, I've heard all that before. Those kind of people, you watch, they'll never get healed. So I heard that before. No, actively hearing. Does that make sense? Actively hearing the word. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Right? That's what the Bible says. Can't walk, walk by what you see. You've got to believe him, his word. Amen? See, most of us call things as we see them instead of how we want them. But you can have what you say. Amen? All right, number seven. How do we release faith? We pray the promise. We say the promise. Number seven, we seize the promise. We release faith by seizing the promise. Matthew eleven twelve. For the days from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, and the violent take it by force. That's literally what that means. I looked through the Bible this past week. And this is the only positive reference for violence in Scripture. I look at every other thing when it talks about violent, not good. Except for this Scripture. The violent take it by force. It's the only Scripture in, in, the, in, the, in the entire Bible, because I looked all of them up with violent and violence. And they're always bad. You don't want to, you know. But except this one. The violent take it by force. Amen. You see, we have got to exchange our cordial passivity for a violent militancy, amen, with regard to faith and the promises of God. In that scripture, Mark eleven twenty four 24, it says, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Did you know that this passage where it says, believe that you receive them when you pray, it literally means take it when you pray. It literally means take it, grasp it, take it. Are you getting this? You're, getting, you're quiet on me this morning. You take it. Violently take it. What did it say? It said, fight the good faith. Good fight of faith. Lay hold on to eternal life. That means you've got to take it, not passively receive it. No, you take it. That's what he said. Violently take it by force. The promises of God. I receive my healing. I just don't receive it. I take it. Because it's mine. You should be saying... You know, healing belongs to me. I take it by force. Healing is mine. So if it's mine, you take it. Father's already provided. You take it by faith, by force. That's how you get prayer answered. I remember one time, Pastor Kay and I were getting ready to get, this is before we were pastors. <laughs> we were getting ready to go on an airplane flight. And she was having blood clot problems. She had been having a series of blood clot problems. And we're getting ready to go to the airport. And all of a sudden, in the back of her leg, she started to have pain. And we knew right away it was a blood clot trying to form. And I'm telling you what, the anger and the vengeance of God came all over me. And I rebuked that thing violently. And the pain was gone. We went to the airport on our trip. you got to get violent with your faith. There's no hesitation. 
That healing belongs to you and you take it by force. That's what the garments of vengeance are. Not against man, against the devil. That's why that's part of your armor is the garments of vengeance. Why? Because you're taking vengeance on the devil who's wanting to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not for but to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. To believe it, you've got to take it by force. It's mine. I will not be denied my blessing. There's no hesitancy. There's no apprehension. It's nothing but bold faith that takes it what belongs to you. Amen? That's what needs to come on the body of Christ. It's the garments of vengeance and the spirit of might. That's what the body needs. No more hesitancy. You've got to take it by force. Amen? Seize the promise. Lay hold on the promise. Say it and seize it. Grab it and grab it. Amen? Fight the good fight of a lay hold. That's the kind of faith you're going to need in these days ahead. This is the kind of faith that God answers. This is what he's pleased with. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? He's wanting to, he's so happy. There's my son. There's my daughter. Boldly grabbing hold, taking hold, violently taking, seizing everything that my son purchased on the cross. That's the kind of violent faith we need to have. Amen? Seize the promise. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. I don't know about you, but that's my heart's desire. Lord, I want to be pleasing to you. It's my secret prayer before the Lord. Lord, I just want to please you. I want you to be happy with me. His response, just believe. The burden of the Lord. Very quickly, I'm going to share, I've shared this before. Some of you knew, maybe haven't heard this. February 16th of 2013, I had an encounter with the Lord in heaven. The only encounter that I had where I met the Lord face to face in heaven. He was in a garden and he was weeping. And anytime the Lord weeps, that means he has a burden. He has a burden on his heart. And he shared with me his burden. This is, he said, one thing and one thing alone. He said, my people don't believe me. He was weeping. We want to please God. We need to believe Him. Labor to believe. Amen? I just don't want to know the truth. I want to walk in the truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Only if you walk in it. If you look in 1 John, I think it's 1 John. He says, I have no greater joy than my children walk in the truth. Not just know the truth, to walk in the truth. Put feet to it. Amen? All right. So we release faith by praying the promise. Do this with me. Pray the promise. Say the promise. Seize the promise. Number eight, celebrate the promise. 1 John 5. Verse 4, 
For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. Say with me, victory. That overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith secures the victory. Victories are to be celebrated. Faith celebrates the victory by giving glory to God before. Say with me, before. Before the promise manifests. That means you celebrate the victory even though if you got pain in your body, even though you don't have what you asked for. Celebration, praise, is the victory of faith before the answer comes. Amen? Amen? Speaking of Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. He was about 100 years old. Didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Say with me, strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. How was he strengthened in faith? Giving glory to God. Before the healing manifested, I give you praise. I give you glory. Thank you for my healing. Before it manifests, amen? Before it manifests. Give him praise and glory. Thank you, God. I believe I receive my, I celebrate my healing. You still have, you know, pain in your body. You just celebrate your healing. You're, you're building your faith. You're strengthening your faith, giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that that which he promised, he was able to perform. The evidence of faith is joy and peace. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So how do you know you're in faith? You've got joy and peace in believing. Amen. So in review, we establish a basis for faith by seeing the promise. You may want to do this with me. We're going to be doing it at the end. We build faith by hearing the promise, sowing the promise, meditating the promise. We release faith by praying the promise, saying the promise, seizing the promise, and celebrating the promise. Amen? We're not done yet. Got two more. So how do we reinforce our faith? Number nine, we stand on the promise. We reinforce faith by standing on the promise because oftentimes the answer doesn't come immediately, right? Ephesians 6, verse 13, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Like this. Standing on the promise. Hebrews 10.35 Do not cast away your confidence or your faith, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. Say with me, patience. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. 
But if any man draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Another place, Hebrews 6, 12, that you do not be sluggish or lazy, but through faith and patience, say with me, faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. So you need both. You need faith and patience. Patience and endurance mean perseverance, persistence, grit, determination, diligence, stubbornness, and dogged determination. Just like that bulldog you saw a few minutes ago. Lay hold and don't let go. I'm going to hold fast to the promise of God. That's what patience, perseverance will do. It will hold, keep your faith applied till the answer comes. That's what standing in faith is all about. Amen? Faith and patience are the power twins. Patience, again, holds faith firm until the promise manifests. James chapter 1, verse 2. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations and trials. That the testing of your faith, knowing that, the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Amen? Let me ask you a question. If the testing of your faith produces patience, what is the test of faith? The test of faith is time. In other words, waiting for the answer. Holding fast to the promise while you're waiting for the promise to manifest. Amen? Proverbs 8.25 says, But if we hope in what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We hope for what we do not see. We eagerly anticipate, amen? We wait for it with great perseverance, patience. We are to wait eagerly, excitedly, enthusiastically, joyfully, expectantly. In other words, with great anticipation. Remember that Heinz commercial? Back in the 70s. Here I'm dating myself again. Heinz ketchup commercial. It's a little boy. He's got a big hamburger. He's pouring. It's a Carly Simon song. Anticipation is making me wait. It's keeping me wait. Remember that? I'm from, all you young people don't know who Carly Simon is. Anticipation. Anticipate. Great faith. Anticipation. Expectation. Though you don't see it, you rejoice. Hallelujah. All right. Number 10. How do we reinforce faith? We stand on the promise. And finally, number 10. We rest in the promise. Hebrews 4.1, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. Hebrews 4.3, for we who have believed do enter that rest. 
How do you know that you're in faith? You have joy. You have peace. In other words, you rest. There's no anxiousness, no fear. You're at rest because you're in faith. Though you don't see it, you believe. Amen? Philippians 4, 6. Be, not anxious, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, say with me, the peace of God, that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. I want everybody to stand right now. So we're going to walk this out. You're going to remember this. We're going to practice it, and it's going to go in my next booklet, Got Faith. Hallelujah. All right, so we're going, to, we're going to do this. Probably going to do it three times, all right? I want you to confess this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I establish a basis for my faith by seeing the promise. I build faith by hearing the promise, sowing the promise, meditating the promise. I release my faith by praying the promise, saying the promise, seizing the promise, celebrating the promise. I reinforce my faith by standing on the promise and resting in the promise. Hallelujah. Let's do it one more time. Amen. I want you to get this down in your spirit. This is how faith works. Father, in the name of Jesus, I establish a basis for my faith by seeing the promise. I build my faith by hearing the promise, showing the promise, meditating the promise. I release my faith by praying the promise, saying the promise, seizing the promise, celebrating the promise. I reinforce my faith by standing on the promise and resting in the promise. Hallelujah. Shout unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ryan, if you'll come this morning. Ministry team, come to the front. How many have been blessed this morning? I don't know about you, but I'm blessed. How many learned anything this morning? I want you to come to the front. Ministry team. If you need healing in your body this morning. You need a prayer of agreement. Maybe you need some wisdom from God. Maybe a prophetic word from the Lord. Scripture. If you need special prayers this morning, we'll open up these altars this morning. I'm going to bless you this morning. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I desire to be pleasing in your sight. I desire to be a man or woman of faith. I make a decision to see your promise, to hear, sow, and meditate your promises. I release my faith by praying, saying, seizing, and celebrating your promise and reinforcing my faith by standing and resting in your promise.
in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I bless your people today. I declare, I decree that they are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I decree that they are ambassadors of Christ, ministers of reconciliation, epistles read of all men, vessels of honor fit for the master's use. They may have come in as a lamb, but they see themselves as lions. And so as lions, we're going to roar as lions in this church. The roar of victory. So on the count of three, we're going to roar at this, in this church. Ready, church? One, two, three. God bless you. Come up for prayer. We'll meet you at the door. We'll see you tomorrow for awakening. House.